0: Welcome to Moonshot, the show where we explore the biggest ideas in tech and the people working to make them a reality. I'm Christopher Lawson, and today on the show, something a little different. We meet a lot of interesting people and startup founders when putting together the show, and we wanted to bring you some extended versions of those interviews. Today, we meet one of the co-founders of Trello, a productivity collaboration app that is changing the way many people are organizing their businesses and their lives.
1: I guess i I was always a little naive I would say I don't know if I was always an entrepreneur but I always sort of thought that if I just did something then I could figure out how it worked um like I don't a while back like i i um decided I wanted to get into deep sea fishing and so I just like borrowed somebody's boat and went out thirty miles <laughs> offshore <laughs> tried to figure out how to do it and uh, came back you know empty-handed a bunch of times had a had a quite a few harrowing um, trips back but you know eventually caught uh, tuna hey I'm Michael Pryor I'm the co-founder of Trello which is a visual collaboration tool and we just recently got bought by Atlassian I, I sort of always had this mentality that like if you just do things enough and ask enough people like it's, it's just a matter of time until you can figure out how to do it so starting a company it was sort of like that like sure why not I'm I was pretty young pretty naive didn't know what I didn't know um, and so I'd only worked one job for two years out of college and then met my co-founder and um, we decided after you know the, the dot com boom and bust, uh, let's start a company. And so we did, because we didn't know any better. How did the idea to start Trello come about? Sure, so my co-founder Joel Spolsky and I, uh, we were sitting in the conference room and we were doing these things called Creek Weeks, which our company was called Fog Creek Software at the time. and. Um, we would take a week and just work on some other project but Joel had this idea where he said we had reached that we were probably about 40 people at the time and people were working really hard there was a lot of people in the company doing things but it wasn't clear to us what everyone was doing so he had this idea where everyone would have a to-do list and you would only have one list and it would only have five slots in it and so the five slots were two for things you're working on now, two thing- for things you're going to work on next and one for something you're never going to do. And then you'd imagine that you'd go to some web page and you could see everyone's list next to each other and you could just scan across and you'd be like, okay, I see what everyone's doing today or what they're working on right now. And the constraint of the five things was really important because it wasn't supposed to be a tracking application, it was just supposed to be the current state of things. But We didn't want to build something for developers. The market that we wanted to go after was much larger. Like we thought we could build something for a hundred million people, a global app, a universal app that anybody could use to plan anything, right? It wouldn't have to be some software project. It could be something you're doing on your marketing team or your finance team or running your little league or your your boy scout troop or, you know, your church group. It, It was, the idea was, let's give people a little bit of structure to whatever process they're doing. In fact, the name Trello came from the code name, which was Trellis, which is a structure for plants to grow on.
0: How long was it from that point to like when you realized that this was this was something that was taking off? Like what was the first month or two like? Were you getting traction? In the, in the very early days,
1: it was super fluid, like what it was gonna even be, right? So sort of understanding what it was, like, you know, you start from this blank canvas and this sort of, the way it looks today, we experiment with all these different um, ways of, of expressing that idea, and it ch- changed weekly. At some point, we started testing it with people to try to see if it, there was any traction, if people could use it, and we got a law firm to use it. Um, a couple of people that we knew the The whole point of that was to not have developers try it because we were trying to build a tool that was not for devs um, so we got and they, they the the one person that was using it there really got into it and was like oh this is great and um, I think we started to realize okay there might be something there maybe what we should do is you know, go to a conference and launch it and we looked at the calendar and sort of thought about how long it would take to polish it up and get it to a state where we could have a couple thousand people using it. And uh, I think when we first started working on it was January and the conference that we picked was in September, it was TechCrunch Disrupt. And so we just worked really hard through those, you know, eight months to get something and hone it and fine tune it. And then we launched it at the conference and it got a really good reception. We were in a competition against other startups and we lost. But the startup that won doesn't exist anymore, so I take that as like soulless. uh,
0: Coming second, was that any kind of like validation for you that you were onto something or did that result in a, a sort of large influx of users?
1: Yeah, it's funny because if you go way back, actually, when Joel first had this idea, I have to admit that I was totally not a believer. Um, I was like, I don't get it. I don't see how people are going to use this. Like, how are we ever going to make money? You know. And um, Joel, I, you know, he's very wise and he's 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 really uh, a smart guy. And um, when he went up on stage, and he, I think the other the judges were like, um, it was kind of the who's who of tech at the time, and and people t- didn't seem to like it. You know, the judges seemed to like it. It was clear that when the voting happened, people liked it. But even then, right, you, you launch this product, you get a ton of signups on that day. Then the next couple of days, like your signups drop off, they go back to where they were a little bit higher, right? It took us probably three years before every day became a TechCrunch day, right? You know, like it's a long, slog to build something successful like it seems like an overnight success but that's only because no one remembers you from when you were not successful um but that was you know five six years that we would to get to this point
0: Was recently acquired by Atlassian for 425 million US dollars. Atlassian is an Australian company founded by Mike Cannon Brooks and Scott Farquhar. They do product management apps for developers and teams and have a current market cap of around 8 billion dollars. But the story of how Trello was acquired is actually pretty interesting.
1: Back in the fall, when we first started talking about this, um, we, you know, everything's going great with Trello, we're doing really well, we're growing fast, we, we're going to look uh, fundraising and had a lot of interest and Mike Cannon Brooks, a co-founder of Alassian, sent me an email and said, hey, do you have a minute? You know, I want to, if you have time for lunch or something and I didn't know this but it turns out he flew I said yes and he flew out from Sydney we had lunch and then he flew back which is to New York, I'm sorry, I was in New York so um, but, so we went to lunch I said sure, we sat down and uh, you know I'm thinking I kind of knew what going on. I mean, I knew why he wanted to talk, but uh, I thought, you know, we'll sit down and he'll be like, you know, we're really interested in your company. Here's what we want to pay. And we'd have some hassle negotiation back and forth or haggle back and forth. So we talked about two things the whole entire time. One was, uh, the people Trello like the kind of culture that we built the the fact that you know 60% of the people are remote How do we make that work? What's important to us? Um, We talked about that a lot and then we talked about the product and it was you know What's the vision for this product? What do we want it to be? How do you think about Trello? In 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 the space and where you want it to be in five years Um, and so we had this great conversation um and then I you know, we left lunch, I go back to the office and <laughs> I'm thinking, Wait, did did he try to acquire us? Like I'm not <laughs> really sure. <laughs> Afterwards, it became really clear to me that that was really important, the two things that we talked about. And it really showed to me, even though I knew Mike, I didn't really know him on a personal level, but it was clear that he thought about building companies the same way we did. And so a lot of the values were shared values, and a lot of the vision was shared vision. But that first conversation was was part of the reason why I did it, because I knew that working at Atlassian would be pretty much just like working at Trello. except. I actually, I tell people internally, I'm kind of like, you, you should think about it like this. like We went from a 100-person company, and then we snapped our fingers, and overnight we became a 2,000-person company with multiple products competing against Facebook and Google and Amazon and all these other companies.
0: What has been the biggest failure or issue that you 've had to overcome along the way to get to now I think some of the, one of the hardest moments uh,
1: it's not it 's not a product moment, so this is I think the hardest problems that you have when you 're building a company are are, are people problems actually. It, this was sort of two things together, but two of the things that were very difficult for us in building Trello one was when we when we split Trello off from Fog Creek, the original company that was founded in, um, that's a very difficult thing to do. Um, it's not difficult on paper. It's just more about the identity and, and your belonging, your sense of group, and who belongs to which group. And, and I think that that is can have a big impact and effect on people. Um, and was a very difficult thing for us to do. And then additionally, I think that when we started working remotely, and um, you know, we started with because one very talented programmer wanted had to move to Hawaii and we we said we don't want to lose him so all right let's work let him work remotely right and that was like the first step and then it just you know another step and then we decided to hire people remotely because it helped us recruit better talented people we were from a much richer pool of applicants um but the the sort of center of our office shifted to this more digital place right and so in some ways that affected some of the people that were there for that you know the enjoyment of the in-office experience and the fact that their co-workers were all physically present with them um, those i think those that shift to remote work to 60 percent remote workers and also splitting the company off for two of the hardest things that we dealt with
0: What advice do you have for other founders? Something, something that you've learned that you could pass on?
1: I think if you're building a product today, you should absolutely 100% start with the idea that the entire world is going to use your product. I think you should just start from day one and underst- and build your your product or your application, understanding that people pay in different ways in different countries. Just have that in the back of your mind and understand that it, you may not have to do it up front, but set things up so that you're able to do it um, without going having to go back and re-architect things. Um, I also think like relying on all the abstractions that we have nowadays, like the Amazon Web Services and like, the frameworks that we have, like 10 years ago if you wanted to accept a credit card you had to walk into a bank branch um i remember the first merchant account that we set up we they had to give us an actual credit card reader and we said we told them we're not going to use that we people pay us online and they're like you still have to take it we still have to come to your office and you know like the the world has changed there's so many SaaS apps out there that help you get started and make your life so much easier today um that you should just take advantage of them and, and not try to do everything yourself, just focus on your core competency.
0: If you loved this episode of Moonshot, make sure you tell your friends. They can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher and SoundCloud. And don't forget to leave us a review. It really helps with people finding out about the show. Our website is moonshot.audio and you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Just search for Moonshot Pod. Our cover artwork is by Andrew Millis and our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. Moonshot is produced by me, Christopher Lawson and also Andrew Moon. That's all we have today, we'll be back with you next time on Moonshot.